<laughs> Welcome once more and greetings from Elfie's World, the place where we try to bring you a little fun, pique your interest, and, you know, maybe maybe even give you an opportunity to learn a thing or two about history, eh? Well, I'm really glad you decided to join us. Now, today, we're presenting another program from our collection of stories entitled Elfie's Amazing But True Tales. Now, these are true stories, which they, they've often been excluded from the pantheon of history for, well, for whatever reason. My name's Elfie Wolfram, and I hope you enjoy our presentation. This is episode number 45, and it is entitled, A Seed, A Dream, and a Faith. So, kick back, relax, and enjoy. Oh, the Lord is good to me, and so I thank the Lord for giving me the things I need, the sun and the rain and the apple seed. The Lord is good to me. <laughs> Please excuse the bad voice. Uh, but then again, if you've ever heard this song, it was probably not sung by a professional singer. You uh, you more than likely heard it at camp, being sung by a chorus of monotones. Uh, but have you ever wondered about the legendary character upon whom this tune is based? Well, there are those who believe that, well, like so many legends we read about, this guy was merely someone well, created by a teller of tall tales in order to well, spin a good yarn for some children. Well, though the character portrayed in this song may be a legend, he was hardly created out of someone's imagination. He was a real live person who lived almost 200 years ago. His real name was John Chapman, but he was known far and wide as Johnny Appleseed. He was born on September 26, 1774, in Leominster, Massachusetts. Even as a youth, John showed an interest for flowering plants and trees, especially apple trees. Well, this interest grew from, well, a hobby to a passion to an obsession. Of course, much was written about Johnny Appleseed. I mean, John, Walt Disney even made an animated motion picture about him. But what are the facts? Well, the real Johnny Appleseed was, well, he was small in stature and described by many as, well, funny-looking. His clothes were made out of the moder modern equivalent of rough sackcloth. To protect his head, he wore a tin pot for a hat, which he also used for cooking. Though he would wander through the rugged frontier of this land, he never carried a gun, a knife, or even a trap. Instead, over his shoulders he carried a bag of apple seeds and a spade. Johnny's gentleness and courage were legendary. But even in his own time, he was a friend to everyone he met, 
Indians and settlers alike. Why, even the animals liked Johnny Appleseed. He would walk alone, unarmed, through the wilderness, seeking to harm no living thing and being harmed by none. Now, it was said that he had a vision of a land covered with blooming apple trees where, where no one would go hungry. He slept outdoors and lived on wild berries and fruits. And though he walked thousands upon thousands of miles over the roughest of terrain in all kinds of weather, he was always barefooted. Why, in the wintertime, for drinking water, he would melt snow with his feet. Now, his father was Nathaniel Chapman, who had left his family to, to fight the British with the Minutemen at Concord in 1775. When, in 1792, at the age of 18, Johnny decided to go west, his half-brother, Nathaniel, age 11, agreed to follow him. Oh, the two lived an apparent joyful, nomadic life together. Then, in 1805, the two brothers met their father and the rest of their family who had come out west to Ohio. Well, now Nathaniel appears to well have tired of the nomadic life by this time. So, perhaps in an attempt to get Johnny to settle down, his father helped him to find what would become his calling in life. He arranged for Johnny to become an apprentice to an orchardist by the name of Mr. Crawford. Well, before long, Johnny Appleseed began his quest across the nation, planting apple seeds wherever he went. During the War of 1812, he crisscrossed wide areas of Ohio, warning settlers of the advancing British. Over a 50-year period of time, he earned the nickname Johnny Appleseed by roaming the American wilderness, giving away his beloved apple seedlings free to all. He created apple orchards in Pennsylvania, Ohio, Illinois, Kentucky, and Indiana, walking thousands upon thousands of miles, and all barefooted. Now, it is said that some of his trees are still bearing fruit to this day, almost 200 years later. Now, devoutly religious, Johnny felt that well, he had been called by God to not only spread apple seeds throughout the land, but also the word of the Lord. He was a missionary for a religion called Swedenborgianism. It was a, a new spiritual movement developed from the writings of a Swedish scientist and theologian by the name of Emanuel Swedenborg. Johnny Appleseed especially loved to well tell stories from the gospel to children. As one frontiersman wrote, uh, we, we can hear him read now, just as he did that summer day when we were all busy quoting upstairs 
and he lay near the door, his voice rising, denunciatory and thrilling, strong and loud as a roar of the wind and waves, then, then smooth and soft as the balmy airs that quivered that morning glory leaves about his gray beard. Oh, he was a strange, eloquent type man at times, and he was undoubtedly a man of genius. <laughs> now, according to an article published in Harper's New Monthly Magazine and near the end of his career, he came across an itinerant preacher giving an outdoor sermon near Mansfield, Ohio. Toward the end of this exceptionally long and intense ovation, the minister implored the crowd by saying, Where now is there a man who, like the primitive Christians, is traveling to heaven barefooted and clad in coarse raiment? <laughs> well, after being worn down by the repeating of this question several times, Johnny Appleseed walked up to the preacher, put his bare foot, calluses and all, on the stump which had been serving as the podium, and said, Here's your primitive Christian great preacher. <laughs> that did it. Without another word, that poor preacher dismissed the congregation and disappeared. Now, those settlers would sometimes deride him as a religious fanatic. Native Americans revered him as, well, as a medicine man, for they felt that Johnny was touched by the Great Spirit. Even the most hostile of natives left him totally alone out of respect. Throughout his life, Johnny Nappleseed never married. When asked why he didn't marry, he always replied that he believed that two female spirits would be his wives in the hereafter if he stayed single on earth. Well, this may have been what he told the people, but it was reported that there was a time when Johnny had been a frequent visitor to a small village of Perrysville, Ohio. It was there he kept company with one Miss Nancy Tunnenhill. Now, on his last visit, he supposedly intended to propose marriage. Sadly for Johnny, Miss Tunnenhill had just accepted the proposal of another suitor only a day before he arrived. <laughs> oh, there are many tales about Johnny Appleseed. It was said that he once fell asleep and a rattlesnake tried to bite him on the foot. <laughs> Finally, the snake gave up because the skin on the sole of his foot, being as tough as an elephant's hide, did not allow the fangs of the snake to penetrate. <laughs> Another tale described him as playing with a family of bears. Well, despite a mother bear being very naturally protective of its young, Johnny was allowed to play with those cubs without being threatened or even bothered. 
Now, one popular myth concerning Johnny stated that he traveled the country planting apple seeds at random. Well, in reality, he created nurseries rather than orchards. After his planting, he would erect fences around these nurseries so that the new seedlings would not be bothered but be protected from grazing livestock. Although a few of the settlers were fond of the sweet, tasty varieties of apples, <laughs> most preferred orchards filled with sour apples. It seems that these made much better hard apple cider, which was also called Applejack and was a staple out there on the frontier. Now, in some areas of the Midwest, settlers were required by law to plant orchards of apples and or pears to be able to lay claim to the land. Now, property which had already been planted by Johnny was among the first to be claimed out there on the frontier. But uh, what finally did happen to Johnny Appleseed? The legend of Apple Domain? <laughs> well... It was a blistery, cold March day in 1845. At the ripe old age of 70, John set out on a midwinter journey, barefoot as always, to care for a damaged apple orchard which sorely needed his tending. Unfortunately, this time the elements were too much for him. He contracted pneumonia and died shortly thereafter at the home of his dear friend, William Worth. It was the only time that he had been sick in over 70 years. He was buried in what is today known as Johnny Appleseed Park in Fort Wayne, Indiana. On his simple marker, his epitaph reads, He lived for others. The last part of his obituary, which was published in the Indiana Fourth Worth Sentinel, read, He always carried with him some work of the doctrines of Swedenborg, from which he was perfectly familiar, and would readily converse and argue its tenets, using much shrewdness and penetration. His death was quite sudden. He was seen on our streets a day or two previous. Well, to everyone's surprise, though he lived a very humble life, he died a relatively wealthy man. After his passing, it was discovered that he owned over 1,200 acres of apple orchards, valued at a veritable fortune even then. But he left behind so very much more. In his path, he left a legacy of apple trees that have endured and multiplied, forever changing our nation. All this from a gentleman, a seed, a dream, and a faith. 
we should all live such a life, a life which was amazing and inspirationally true. Hey, there you have it. Episode number 45 entitled, A Seed, A Dream, and A Faith. It's part of our weekly series entitled, Elfie's Amazing But True Tales. Now, every week, well, we really feel privileged to present for your enjoyment and edification a brand new audio story from our collection of amazing but true accounts from history. Now, some of these narratives come from our book entitled, Elfie's Amazing But True Tales of American History and More. Now, listen, as a listener to this program, you are entitled to purchase autographed copies of our original book, Elfie's Amazing But True Tales of American History and More, at half the publisher's price of $13.95, or a mere $7 per book. Hey, and that includes shipping and handling anywhere within the United States. Well, for more information, merely go to elfiesworld.com. That's A-L-F-Y-S-W-O-R-L-D, elfiesworld.com, and click on Elfie the Writer for more information. And now... I would like to thank the following for helping to make this program possible. First, Garrett Wolfram, our technical producer and supervisor. The late Irene Wolfram, principal editor and provider of Sage Council. Expert Publishing for their help in editing and publishing our book. Lucas Ganza Anna Waltz for the Parlor Guitar Magic Set. Herbert Bolin for his Piano Mood Happy Four. Ninad Simic for Piano Transition. And finally, the thousands of readers who have supported our efforts from the beginning. 